Welcome back, hockey fans. Another edition of This Week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey is coming your way right now. I'm Mike Hammond, along with Mr. Michael Terzinski, Bill Berg, and Bill Berg Jr. rounding out tonight's panel. And let's get right down to it. Game recaps. Michael had the chance to go out and see a Wisconsin Valley Conference pair of rivals get together as Rapids and Spash played. Michael? Hey, thanks, MJ. Tuesday night at the KB Willett Arena in Stevens Point, the Spash Panthers took on the visiting Rapids Red Raiders and completely dominated the game. The Spash Panthers with a six goals, winning six to one, scored three goals in the first period, including two by Devin Blaze in the first ten minutes of the game to pretty much uh, set the pace right there. It ended up being, as I said, six to one. Spash outshot Rapids. 36 to 23. Um, wasn't really a game. Uh, Spash has kind of been an up and down team. They played very well against Notre Dame Academy, beat them, and then they lost to Northern Pines, which I guess wasn't really a big surprise, but it just seemed odd that they lost to Pines and then they crushed Notre Dame. But uh, in this Wisconsin Valley contest, they handily held their own over the Red Raiders, 6 to 1, guys. Well, what was a surprise, uh, them losing to Northland Pines was the score. They lost 9-2 to two to Northland Pines. Yes, and I think that was the same score for the Notre Dame game, or 9-3 to three or 8-3. to three. It was similar. It just, maybe it wasn't so odd that they lost, just that they lost big, and then they crushed Notre Dame, who had been, what, in the top five? So... Uh, they've been kind of up and down. They have some good players. Um, Burglar, I think you've seen them play before. The the Hoyard kid is is a nice player. Barrett Brooks is uh, a solid player. Um, Eli Haas. They have uh, they have a nice squad. Their goaltender Spencer Weersba looked pretty good, and I think he's getting better with time. So we'll see where this team ends up here in the next few weeks. I think Trasher's anti pines bias is showing. The well documented term bias had for many times, many years. It, it is very well known that it started out by him hating the Pines girls team, and it has spread to anything having to do with Northland Pines. I it, it's not that bad. I was just telling somebody the other day we were looking at pictures of the dome, and I said this is an awesome place to go watch a hockey game. So you have to give me credit for that. I don't hate anybody. Not anymore. You know, you know what though? The thing is, is we all have a team that we probably dislike a little bit more than another. Smash. Am I, am I, am I correct? <laughs> Smash? Somebody said that. I'm not sure who. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. I like Smash, except when they beat Rapids, then I go boo. But, no, I mean, I went to Wisconsin Rapids Lincoln High School, graduated in 1948 or whenever the hell it was, a long time ago, and Spash and Rapids have been rivals at every sport for a very long time. So there's uh, there's no love lost between them, but it's not, you know, I think things have changed, especially with hockey, how the, all the, the summer teams and the AAA teams get together and you have players from rivalry schools now as teammates. So I think some of that rivalry-ness is lost. But Spash uh, and Rapids getting together, that's always a good one. You're right, Mike. A lot of that is just so happens to be that when you have all these spring teams and, you know, TW and Wheel and all that, that you, uh, you know, a lot of the rivalries, maybe some rivalries are missing now because of it. So, uh, um, good point that you bring up there. 
All right, guys. Let's see what else we got to talk about tonight. Game recap. Trasher took care of that. Um, we got our games of the and Trasher was going to tell us a little bit about uh, the boys and girls games of the week that uh, Dell Scanlon covered, but Dell not with us tonight. What is he doing tonight, guys? Is he playing Santa Claus or something for his whole family, or what's going on? Yeah, I think he has something going on with uh, somebody in his family for a, a Christmas celebration. So he is away on special assignment, we'll say, maybe getting presents or giving them away. But actually, if it's okay with, with Burglar, I'm going to switch spots with him here, and he can do the listener Q&A if he is ready for it. Well, I was just going to say, I, did, I don't know yeah. about those games of the week. Um, switching spots with me. Okay. Egan Ahern sent us this question. Which holiday tournaments are you looking forward to this week? And we always look forward to the holiday tournaments. Um, I, myself, I don't know how much I'm going to be able to cover because I've got a family wedding going on this weekend, but there are uh, loads of tournaments. It's always interesting. Uh, I guess the, the, the biggest one, in terms of uh, star power, shall we say, would be the, the showdown in Titletown, uh, where we've got Notre Dame uh, ranked number five against Nina Horton, Velma Nash at number six, uh, Madison Edgewood number nine versus Wausau West at seven, uh, Superior at number four versus West Salem at uh, honorable mention team, uh, Oakland Memorial at number two versus Waukesha at number eight, and you look at that and you say, well, you know, the only reason West Salem is in there is because they have a damn good-looking head coach. Um, but that's 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 a pretty strong tournament right there in in Green Bay. Uh, four of those teams met to start the season out uh, when Notre Dame beat Superior three to nothing, Eau Claire Memorial beat Wausau West four to one, Superior beat West four to one, and Oakland Memorial beat Notre Dame five to two in that Red Granite tournament. But uh, this one's going to be tough to call. At honorable mention, of the three games they play in this tournament, how many do West Salem have to win to crack the top ten? Knowing that the other seven teams in the field are already in the top ten at, I think, eighth or better. Um, knowing that, how many games does West Salem actually have to win to crack the top ten? Because a loss really shouldn't count against them as an honorable mention. If you take the rankings with any accuracy at all, they're supposed to lose. Um, I thought you were supposed to take the rankings with a grain of salt. Yeah, I know. Uh, that's probably that's, <laughs> that's probably more than they're worth. But uh, you know, uh, if they win one, is that enough, or do they have to win two? I think they have to win two. One could be a fluke. Two, I think, maybe makes a little bit of a statement. Um, Eric Borey's team is. Uh, Got some nice players on it. Jack Gorniak is, as we all know, is uh, one of the top forwards in the state. Kind of makes the team go. But he's got a good supporting cast. I saw them play a couple of times last year. And when they were, the other team was keeping an especially close eye on Gorniak, he was able to dish off to some of his uh, line mates. And they know how to put the puck in the net too. So I think if they can get hot, this weekend, well, actually, it's more like a mid mid to late week tournament, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Um, they could possibly win a couple games. I mean, hard to say. This is one of those with the the way they're all ranked. You know, there can be upsets. I mean, four versus a six or whatever. But um, it's a tough one to pick, like Burglar said. I think the most interesting tournament on the boys' side. Uh, not in terms of star power, because I don't think it has that kind of star power, but the most interesting tournament to me is the Culver's Cup. Um, Lakeland, Oshkosh, Oshkosh, Madison Memorial, Baldwin Woodville, Monona Grove, Baraboo Portage, Madison West, and Ashland. Uh, that has got to be the most far-flung tournament on the list, getting Lakeland, Oshkosh, Baldwin Woodville, and Ashland all down to Madison for a tournament. That's some good regional diversity there. 
the one I like is uh, Joe Raymond Memorial Tournament. Let's call that a a good uh, tier two tournament for right now. Um, <laughs> you've got Fond du Lac Springs, uh, Fond du Lac, Northland Pines, and KMMO, who all have had votes uh, at one point or another, you know, during this season already. Uh, they've been kind of up and down, and you know, they've all they've each gotten votes. You know, in the top ten, um, I, you know, may have made as, as high as an honorable mention, but um, a good second level tournament uh, with Brookfield and then, you know, MJ's uh, boys from Janesville rounding out that field. And I think another thing about that tournament that you know it's a behind the scenes thing, but it's the reason for the tournament is uh, Joe Raymond, who was a, a coach back with John Marino back in the day in the the 90s he he passed away in a a traffic accident and um the tournament has been going on now this is the 19th year they have a golf outing in the summer to raise funds for this tournament and actually there is no charge to any of the teams for an entry fee so basically it's a freebie tournament i believe um the they pick an all tournament team and the the kids get these nice fleece pullovers that have you know 2017 Joe Raymond Memorial All-Star or All-Tournament team on it and uh, John Marino sends us stuff every year and it's it's a nice tournament for a very good cause and in memory of uh, Joe Raymond who was a coach you know like 20 years ago before he passed uh, loved the game, loved kids loved coaching and it's uh, it's a nice tournament held in his honor at Nagawaki and there's a, a couple good tournaments on the girls' side, too. Uh, once again, the Culver Cup, far flung on the girls' side. Uh, Metrolinx, Brookfield, University School, Lakeland, Superior, Onalaska, Wisconsin Valley Union, and St. Croix Valley. So once again, excellent regional diversity. And then the uh, the Eau Claire Holiday Tournament features a bunch of ranked teams. It's got the Warbirds Beaver Dam Co-op. Uh, Fox Cities is currently honorable mention. Appleton United has been honorable mention this year. Uh, Rock County and Eau Claire Tuna will both be at that tournament, and then Chippewa Falls Menominee rounds it out. So there's another uh, star power type tournament on the girls' side. And we've got a number of teams heading over to Minnesota to play in holiday tournaments over there, but uh, even our top team, our defending state champion, currently number one ranked team, um, is in like the third level uh, tournament of the, the Schwann Cup over at the Schwann Super Rink in Blaine, Minnesota. Um, no teams ranked in the top ten in either the uh, 1A or 2A in Minnesota in that part of the tournament. They're all in the, uh, the the silver or gold. Hudson is in the bronze cup. They play. In fact, they probably already played. This tournament started today. Um, they're taking on St. Paul Academy, who is currently in last place in their conference with an overall record of one and five uh they've been outscored 39 to eight in their yeah, six games um, so let, let's hope hudson can can beat st paul academy Hudson is in the bronze tier and university school on the boys side is in the open tier at the schwan cup yeah they and take on princeton not, not a lot of respect no they take on princeton who is also near the bottom of their conference uh three and four overall record um we got a couple other teams um Verona playing in a Kiwanis Blue tournament, uh, taking on Albert Lee. Albert Lee is in third place in the Big Nine Conference at a 4-2 and two record overall. Uh, Hayward and New Richmond are both in the Kiwanis Gold uh, tournament. New Richmond is taking on Irondale, uh, who is tops in their conference with a 4-2-2 two two record. And Hayward is taking on Rochester Century, I uh, was in first place in the Big Nine, uh, seven and one overall, outscoring their opponent thirty-nine to sixteen. So that's going to be a tough game for Hayward and Wapaka traveling all the way up to the home of hockey. Everybody knows where the home of hockey is. The home of Mary Motley Berg. You betcha. Being played at the Eveleth Hippodrome, uh, Wapaka is in fact taking on the Eveleth Gilbert. Uh, Golden Bears, I think they're called now, who is, uh, not doing well in the Iron Range Conference. One and four in the Iron Range Conference, but five and five overall. Um, 
So those teams are traveling out of state and like, like, uh, Bill said, uh, not getting any respect at all from those vestiges in Minnesota. And burglar, we also have a few other teams that are traveling. I, I, I found out basically looking at the schedule, I didn't get a chance to research much, but, um, Sheboygan is playing in a Duluth Heritage Tournament. Chippewa Falls is traveling all the way over to North Dakota, Grand Forks, to play over there. Eau Claire North is playing in Roseau. And Antigo, I believe, has their own tournament this week. You can correct me if I'm wrong on that one. You are not. They do. All right. Okay. Good. Just give uh, all these teams that are playing in the holiday tournaments, uh, a lot of them do, not all, but uh, good luck to all of them. And... Uh, Play your best, and if you're playing out of state, make Wisconsin proud. Yeah, represent. You know what they say? Or is that old? Uh, they no, it sounds all right. That. Yo, rep your state, man. Wisco, go. All right, now you can get to your games of the week, Dell. <laughs> okay. Um, you won't even throw it back to MJ, but that's all right. So I'll do the games of the week for Delmar. He did visit two of them. One was the boys game of the week, which was... Uh, I lost my notes here. Here we go. Um, Wanakee and Sauk Prairie, and that ended up in a 1-1 tie. It was the Honor Our Military Night held in Sauk Prairie. Um, Wanakee held a one nothing lead until late in the game, and Dane Leonard scored the tying goal with just a minute five left to send the game into overtime. Neither team was able to score, and it ended up as a 1-1 tie. Shots in favor of Sauk Prairie, 36-24 over Wanakee. Then on, that was Tuesday night. On Friday night, Dell traveled to the Ice Pond in Wanakee to watch Cap City play Viroqua, and that was all Cap City as they won 5-1. to one. Their goals were scored by five different players. They outshot the Blackhawks 53-12. to 12. Ivy Shanka had 48 saves for Viroqua. Taylor Thornton stopped 11 of 12 for Cap City as the Cougars pulled off a 5-1 to one victory, guys. And there you have it. Well, actually, uh, let's um, check in with our players of the week. Had a couple of nominees, and we got a couple of winners. Burglar, who's the winners? In our Radisson Madison Players of the Week, sponsored by Madison's Premier West Side Hotel, the Radisson of Madison, that Player of the Week? Yeah. Okay. I do have that. On the boys' side, Brendan Olson, forward, Eau Claire Memorial. He had one goal and one assist in a 6-1 to win over Eau Claire North, the Battle of Eau Claire, um, and in a 3-2 to win over New Richmond, he had one goal, which just turned out to be a penalty shot, and the game-winning goal in overtime. Uh, I believe Trasher mentioned that the goaltender for New Richmond was called for delay of game, uh, which led to a penalty shot, and... A game winner by Brendan Olson, forward from Eau Claire Memorial. Also nominated was Tyson Rohrer of Oregon. On the girls' side, we have Ava Kyson, Kyson, Kisson, forward from Eau Claire Altoona. We seem to have a Western bias today. Uh, she had one goal in a 2-1 to one win over Central Wisconsin. And she had two goals and two assists in an 8-2 to two win over Western Wisconsin. Uh, they didn't play Eastern Wisconsin or Southern Wisconsin that week. Uh, also nominated was Jade Williams of Western Wisconsin. So, Ava Kisson, Brendan Olson, our Radisson Madison Players of the Week. You know, guys, i got to be honest with you. That uh, battle for the bragging rights of Eau Claire, 6-1 win, Eau Claire Memorial over North. <laughs> Were you guys kind of surprised at that score a little bit? I, mean, um, I know that North has, has yeah. been good again the last couple of years, but um, 
Memorial spanking North is sort of a running theme. I know they played two close games last year, but that's sort of a running theme over the last five, six years. And I think also, um, not to say that North is not playing well, I think Eau Claire Memorial is just is standing out. They seem to have it all together now. They've been pretty strong, except for the game that we'll talk about here in a couple minutes. Um, they still won, but... Um, yeah, I think right now Eau Claire Memorial is the class of Section 2 with a 9-0 and record. Um, main competition is Chip Falls and Eau Claire North, and I think right now they are uh, head and shoulders above. So that will give a little nod to Jeff Sauer on that question that we're actually going to probably push off till later. So that's all I got for you. Okay. Trasher, we got a listener question and answer. <laughs> got a listener wants to know, can you give a rundown on the New Richmond team who gave Eau Claire Memorial a run for their money? Okay, we're actually going to split this one. Uh, MJ, I'll do the first half, and then you can follow up with the information that you have. Memorial beats New Richmond 3-2 to two in overtime, as we said. Uh, Brennan Olson with a penalty shot. And now I'm getting conflicting stories. The score sheet says it was 12 seconds in. The Eau Claire Leader Telegram game recap said it was with 12 seconds left. But since it was just a, a game recap, I'm led to believe that it was 12 seconds into the overtime period. Um, we were trying to figure out how the goalie got to delay a game penalty. I guess there's several ways it could have happened. Um, I was thinking initially when I saw it that it was a, a defenseman or a forward who laid on the puck in the crease and they, they gave him a delay of game, but it was the goalie actually that had the penalty. And our referee, Burglar, had mentioned a few possibilities, but we still don't know exactly uh, what happened. Um, yeah, the, those possibilities that I mentioned, none of them would have, they'd have all been delay of game penalties, and none of them would have amounted or r- resulted in a penalty shot. Um, you know, the only thing I can think of that would result in a penalty shot for a goalie for delay a game would be like throwing your stick. Like if he got caught away from the net, you know, say, like, say for instance, the team was dumping it in. He goes over the corner to play the puck. It bounces off the glass, goes towards the net. He lunges and loses, accidentally loses control of his stick and the stick goes sliding across and knocks the puck away from the net. That would be a classic delay of game penalty shot situation. What if the goalie pushed the net off? While the puck was in the crease, that could be a delay. That could be a penalty shot. Okay. Goalies don't usually do that. Well, they don't usually get called for that. They do it all the time. They just don't usually get called. (laughs) As soon as you started saying, goalies don't usually do that. And I'm like, I can think of an all-state goalie who does that all the time. Yeah, but you never got called. They don't usually get called for it. you. Have to unless you're really obvious. Well, he was, you know, goalies usually go post to post, and oh, look at that, the net's off. Yeah, they're, they're not going to get called for that. That's just bad peg design, is what that is. Yes. Yes. If they wanted those pegs to stay in there, they could do that, but they don't. Uh, Michael, uh, you were talking a little bit about the. Uh, Eau Claire Memorial, New Richmond. Um, yep. yep. So I'll, go, I'll go ahead and finish up what I have, and then I'll let you you pop in because you have some good historical stuff for us. In that game, New Richmond was ahead 2-1 to one, midway through the third period, looking like they were heading toward a victory, but Ben Zacco tied the game at 2 at 8.41, at the 8.41 mark, so 8.19 left in the game. Shots were overwhelmingly in favor of ECM, 56 to 37. Jake Erickson had 53 saves in that game, and Trevor Hudasek had 35 of 37 for Eau Claire Memorial. Um, historically wise, from what I have, the the series between the two teams, Eau Claire leads 20, 15, and a tie. Memorial has won 12 of the last 13, including four one-goal games and three well, three overtime games. 
Um, and uh, New Richmond was actually in the Big Rivers Conference back around 2000, and I think they were in the conference for four years, so they got a chance to play each other twice until New Richmond skipped out and went to the middle border, which is where they are now. And as, I recall, as I recall, New Richmond was not happy with that. That was a thing that it was a uh, all of their teams. They're, they're, somebody else joined the middle border conference, so all of their teams in every sport had to go middle border. You yeah. Know, at that time, New Richmond was you know kind of like far stronger than anybody else in that. Kind of like Big Ten in, hockey. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Once a certain number of teams there, you're 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 playing that sport for that league conference. Whatever. So, so the phrase skipped out is actually incorrect. I apologize. They were more or less had to go because the middle border said this is where you're going to play. Yes. So, yeah. Okay. So that's what I got, MJ. And some of us are old enough to remember that. <laughs> I think we all are, except for maybe Webb. Well, no, he is too. Did some homework on uh, New Richmond and why they uh why they've got are having a pretty good season uh last year and this year I went back and looked into their youth hockey days like looking at the squirt peewee and bantam level and they've had some success the last 7 years in those levels for example 2010 their squirt 2As were state champs in 2012 their peewee 2As were state champs 2013, their Pee-wee 2Bs were consolation champs. Their uh, Bantam 2A that year was state runner-up. Uh, 2013, Bantam B was the state champ. 2014, Bantam 2A state champ. 2014, Bantam 2B was also state champ. So what I'm saying is this group has been winning for a while, and now they're hitting the high school level, and... Uh, they learn how to win together, and now, you know, just it just seems like this group is like how a lot of high school teams are. Um, for example, they uh, you've got a good class coming through, and obviously this is what they have um, from the youth hockey days. They've been able to keep a group together, and now they're maturing, and they're learning how to win at a younger level is now carrying over and they're giving them some success at the high school level. Granted, this is all youth hockey days, but I kind of see a little bit of a trend here. Well, I think it it definitely translates because you have to figure that all of these organizations, the high school teams, I mean, have these feeder programs and if one is consistently better than all the rest of them that generally will translate to success at the high school level so i mean new richmond has been a pretty solid program for as long as i can remember maybe adam swanda has been there a long time yeah they might have had a down year here and there but you know if they play 26 games they're usually winning 16 17 18 if not more which a lot of coaches would kill to have that type of success. So um, I think uh, what you say about the, the youth programs, that translates to why the high school team does so well year after year. And it doesn't hurt that they only graduated like two of their two players out of their top three lines from last year, uh, just looking over their scoring leaders for the last two years. They brought back damn near the entire team. Which translates from all those years of winning together. I mean, you're going to have a couple of years where you only lose a couple of guys maybe, and you, know, you plug a couple of players in there, and now all of a sudden you've got a pretty good team and showing why they're, you know, in our, in our top 15 this year. And for a team like New Richmond, which is, you know, a smaller program, it's not your Wausau West or your Spash or Wisconsin Rapids, with all these players, um, the fact that their 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 B teams, their second teams at the youth level, were also um, you know doing well in state tournaments. Also, that means that they have depth 
which means rather than a lot of the small schools, they can probably roll three lines, uh, maybe even a fourth line once in a while, and you know stay keep their guys fresh longer. Um, that's it. It yeah, it, it doesn't happen often, but when you get that kind of depth, and whether you call it you know learning to win or you know just having uh, skilled players, either way they have they seem to have skilled players and some depth. At the high school level now. Yeah, and that's, well, a, that's a lot of youth winning for a high school that sports an enrollment of 910 kids. Well, you, you, you know, you talk about uh, learning to win and skill, but also it's uh, you would figure it's also a team that uh, knows the system quite well, and uh, they know how what's expected of uh, how they play, and uh, obviously they've. It seems like everybody's pretty much bought in. Let's move on to the top ten of the week. Webb Jr. Oh, I may have I, I may have spoiled part of his boys' top ten with my showdown in Titletown preview. Well, let's find out. Sure, I'll just fill in the gaps. Uh, How about that? Number one for the boys for the 66th consecutive week is Hudson. Uh, two is Eau Claire Memorial. Three, University School. Four, Superior. Five, Notre Dame. Six, Nina Hortonville, Manasha. Seven is Wausau West. Eighth is Waukesha, which is still my preseason pick to win it all. Uh, nine is Madison Edgewood. Ten is Marquette. Honorable mention for the boys are Homestead, New Richmond, Verona, Waupon, and West Salem. For the girls, uh, once again, Hudson is number one. Eau Claire Altoona is number two. I'm sensing a theme between the boys and girls in that one and two spot. Uh, third, St. Croix Valley. Fourth, Rock County Fury. Uh, fifth, University School. Sixth, uh, the Warbird Beaver Dam Co-op. Seventh, Wisconsin Valley Union. Eighth, Cap City. Ninth, Central Wisconsin. Tenth, Bay Area. And honorable mention for the girls are Fox Cities and Western Wisconsin. So you're saying the University School girls team has to step up their game? Yeah, uh, they got to get, get up to, get, uh, get, get up to number three. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, they have beaten number four. They did beat Rock County earlier this year, so they would be fairly close. But that this week they are number five. And looking looking at this uh, top ten, and burglar, you're talking a little bit about uh, you know a number of these teams are going to be playing this weekend. Um, in the honorable mention, I see uh, New Richmond. We've talked a lot about them in this show. We've talked about West Salem. Verona, who was down here in the Big Eight, was getting some healthy, some guys back healthy, and uh, was going to really start rolling some uh, their winning ways. They were going to start winning some games, but I had a major setback as one of their players, uh, one of their top six forwards, is going to be out for quite a while with uh, uh, some broken ribs. So Verona just hasn't put it all together yet. But uh, yet they've done well enough to make it into our honorable mention. I'm Injuries at, part of the game. I'm looking at Wapan. Um, they beat KMMO 3-0. KMMO was an honorable mention earlier the year in the year. They beat Fond du Lac Springs 3-2. Uh, they were our, our preseason pick to battle it out with Nina Hortonville Menasha for the, the Badgerland crown. Uh, they lost to University School in their second game of the season, but two of their next four games are Marquette and Nina Hortonville Menasha. Uh, so that'll be a good test for Wapan down in the honorable mention to see whether or not they stick it out. And MJ, you never be that specific about an injury. Now you're going to get him targeted. Uh, he's out with an upper body injury. I didn't say who he was, though. Well, it'll be the guy who's not playing the next couple of games. Well, <laughs> if they don't do their homework. All right. Coach, coaches, coaches can figure it out. Yeah. Hey, that's the NHL, if not the WIAA high school hockey here in Upper Wisconsin. Upper body injury. Yeah. Upper yeah. body injury, lower body injury. The only two injuries that occur in a hockey game. That's right. Hey, player. do you guys, I was just, as um, Webb Jr. was talking about Wapan and Fond du Lac Springs, doesn't it seem like that top 15, I mean, there's probably, I don't know, five or six teams that could easily be an honorable mention. They're just 
a smidge below. I mean, the 10th, uh, you know, 11 through 20 has been kind of a tough sell this year. Uh, to be perfectly honest, I think it was two weeks ago, we had eight teams that qualified for honorable mention um, based on tiebreaker rules, so I had to cut it off. So a couple weeks ago, there was one week where you only saw four honorable mentions. Uh, we had eight. Um, so, yeah, it's a deep field this year. Other than, I think it's kind of like one and two, and then there's another tier below them. Um, but, you know, we'll see at the at the showdown uh, if, if Eau Claire Memorial keeps that going. But, yeah, it's it's a deep field this year. You could probably go all the way down to 20, um, and anybody in that range, one through 20, could probably put up a pretty good fight against each other. Aaron, I thought you were going to mention that uh, geographically they they seem to be a couple of pockets, a a southeastern pocket and a western pocket, with uh, Wausau West being the only team uh, representing the the you know Highway 51 corridor uh, middle of the state. Well, Addison Edge put two down there. It's yeah. Otherwise, it seems to be uh, southeast, you know, from Eau Claire down to Mo- or from Green Bay down to Milwaukee, and then that whole western part with New Richmond and West Salem and Eau Claire Memorial and Hudson. I mean, yeah, but just like going historically off the last couple of years, Wassa West is the only team currently ranked in either the Wisconsin Valley or Great Northern Conferences. And the last couple of years, it's been West and Spash and Anago. Uh, Pines has had a couple of good years in there. Um, but right now, it's just west out of those two big conferences. Looking here, as we're seeing uh, Madison Edgewood cracking into the top ten with an 8-0-1 record, uh, the tougher part of their schedule is coming, and it's uh, going to start this week. As uh, Early on, they beat Verona 3-2 first game of the year. They uh, beat Homestead 8-5. Settled for a 1-1 tie at Waukesha, then beat Monona Grove, McFarland, Madison West, Milton, Stoughton, Oregon. Not quite murderer's row, but when you look at their schedule, Wausau West, Middleton, Madison West, Notre Dame, uh, University School farther down the schedule. So, I mean, there's some tough games coming up for Madison Edgeward. We're going to find out a little bit more about them as this season goes on. And with that thought, it looks like I left everybody uh, yeah. speechless. Yeah, Pete Pete Rothering down there in, at Edgewood always puts together a good non-conference schedule. Uh, there are years when those other Badger Conference teams put up great years. Uh, Wanakee had a couple really good years back there. Oregon's been good in the past. Stoughton's been good in the past. But you never know what you're going to get from your conference, and that's from any team. So Pete always puts together a good, strong non-conference schedule for, for the boys down at Edgewood. Yeah, when you you've mentioned that about Stoughton and you know a couple of years back, Stoughton really had some strong teams there for quite a while, and you know now they're really struggling just to have numbers at the youth level, which has starting to translate over to the high school level. So, uh, you know, I don't know what it is, but there's the numbers in that area just aren't that strong anymore. Well, quite honestly, Wisconsin Rapids is the same way. Um, they've lost a lot of their youth hockey base, and as we all know, you have to have a wide, your pyramid of youth players starts at the bottom, it needs to be very wide, so when it gets to the top, you still have a representative amount of players to play, and if you start out with 10 or 20% less than you had in the past, I mean, you're going to end up with a less than a full team, or you might even drop a JV team. I know... Rapids, I believe, only has 22 or 23 skaters, and they have to split the varsity and the JV schedule. So a lot of these kids are playing five periods every every time they have a game. So uh, I don't think it's just a, a southern thing. It's, it's a lot of places in the state have come across this, and it, it's kind of frustrating for me and I think all of you guys actually to see, it, it, I don't know, it almost seems like, the plateau had been reached and now it's on its downhill slide and I, I hope something can happen to uh to make that those numbers grow again. 
Well, everybody in the Youth Association needs to start calling New Richmond and figure out what the hell they're doing. Because uh, they're putting up the numbers. And they're winning at multiple levels. And now that's showing in the varsity level. So everybody call New Richmond. Uh, find out who the president of their association is and ask them what you need to do. But don't just ask them what you need to do. Take them out for dinner, a couple of drinks, you know. Are you saying them, wine and, and dine them? Yes, and then ask them. I mean, you know, <laughs> pay for the knowledge. It's it's worth paying for. You know, Michael, I think you're on to something, though. You know, we were look for many years, we were looking at the magic number, as they said, of 96. And, you know, some of these teams, I think you're right, have plateaued at the youth level and just kind of, you know, where are the numbers these days? I mean, what youth programs are really have the strong numbers? Okay, that's that's an assignment for a future podcast. Is everybody do your research on why the numbers are going down? Uh, I'm sure it's a combination of factors, but everybody come up with uh, one or two factors that is leading to a decline in the number of hockey players, youth hockey players in the state of Wisconsin. And then uh, we'll take that up at a future time. And right now we'll actually get to. Uh, uh, our second or third question. Okay. Your question. Okay. Go right ahead. I'll go right ahead. And I'm actually going to make it listener question three and four with a deferment on question five. Jeff Sauer, our Patreon supporter, asks, can you talk about the hockey family and all of the special events to raise funds for various causes? Um, yeah, we had the honor our military night at Sauk Prairie and Wanakee last week. Many, many teams have pink the rink or fighting cancer games. They're actually too numerous to mention here. We get a lot of them. Um, people send them in, and we try to post as much as we can. Uh, thank you for that. Um, but it just goes to show how much the high school hockey family in Wisconsin cares about those in need with all of their trying to raise money for these worthwhile causes um it's it's a great thing and i think um jeff he in his question he kind of put hockey family in quote marks and and it is a hockey family and i think this is uh something that really shows what it's all about guys i would agree with that there is a, I've seen it over the years. I don't know if it's just because of this hockey's place as not being the biggest sport in the country or what, but there is a different mindset among hockey players and hockey families uh, at the youth level, the high school level, even at the college level. Um, you know, my wife is a college professor. She interacts with college students all the time. Obviously in college, I knew athletes playing various different sports and like, when I was a hockey player, I could tell you my teammates, like, brothers' names, their parents' names. I didn't know any of that stuff with my baseball teammates, unless they went to the same school I did, you know, the elementary level. Like, I didn't know their parents' names or their siblings' names. I didn't care either. Um, but in hockey, I knew all that stuff, and it's it's just different. You have a different relationship with your teammates in hockey than I think you do in most other team sports. And, like, for me, baseball was always my top sport. Hockey was secondary for me. Um, but still, I had a I had a, a better connection to, like, that family aspect of hockey, with hockey than, than I ever had in baseball. And even with the, the college athletes I've interacted with, it's the same thing. Um, you know, the football players, well, they, other than being meatheads, you know, they were out there, they played football. The baseball players played baseball. The hockey, fam, the hockey people were always much more connected than the other sports. Uh, the hockey team at uh, where I went, uh, Minnesota State Mankato, the hockey team had more um, charity events and stuff like that than any of the other sports did. It's just, I don't know what it is about hockey, but there's a different mindset about the people that play it and participate in it. And I don't know what it is, but it, it comes across even at the high school level. Like Little tiny Eagle River, uh, Northland Pines High School, one of their benefit games this year was for the local food bank. Um I gotta say, all the years I played baseball, there was never a canned food drive attached to one of our games. Uh, that's just not something I saw. Uh, we didn't have 
uh, cancer benefit games or anything like that. We did it in hockey. Um, one of my brother's teammates uh, had leukemia and ended up dying of it when he was in high school. Uh, we had all kinds of uh, cancer events and leukemia events in Antigo. Uh, they probably still have them um, from time to time. So there's just a different mindset among hockey players and hockey families than there are with other sports. You know, you mentioned that about um, families and uh, mindsets. Uh, one of the things I've noticed this week in actually the last two weeks being out on Twitter. I don't know if you guys have known, heard yet about Rob Andringa, the former Badger. He has, uh, has cancer and, uh, he's in quite a battle for it. And just to see all the tweets and everything that's poured out to Rob, it's, it's just amazing. Uh, the hockey community, it's big, but then again, it's not so big. And, uh, for Rob, the word to get out that Rob is, uh, you know, having to fight something like that was, uh, it was amazing just to see where all the texts and all the people and, you know, all the people, their thoughts and, you know, old teammates and stuff like that, you know, pouring out, um, you know, get well, beat this thing and, uh, all of those things. So yeah, it's, uh, it's a, it's a family thing. Hockey is a family thing. And, uh, you're right. It's not like any other sport. I said it to my wife more than once. Probably just about every time I watch a uh, an NFL or a college football game. Set. You know, I really love football, and I really don't like football players. Uh, you watch all their antics, you know, on the field after you know after making any any routine play. Um, you know. A defense, you know, a linebacker makes a tackle, you know, seven yards downfield and gets up like he just did the greatest thing, you know. Um, but, you know, so I, I love football, don't like football players, but I, I've never said that about hockey, um, even back when I refed. You know, I, could, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't really hold anything against any player or any team because they're out there playing hockey. I mean, they can't be all that bad. And Bill, Bill will tell you, he said he knew – you know, some of his, you know, a lot of his teammates, family stuff. I mean, there were some kids that, that played around the time that my boys did that, you know, some of my coach, you know, they, they played with them and, you know, you find out like when they get in high school that, you know, they're, they're just, you know, not really necessarily, you know, quality students outside the rink. But man, when you get them in that hockey rink, they just, I mean, they, they toe the line. They're just, just, uh, um, it's like, it's like, like, that was the one place in, in, in their life where they had some sort of semblance of, of discipline and, and self-control. You know, it was, was at the hockey rink. Right. And I think another thing too is that you have some parents that have strong opinions. Uh, about the game and about their players and whatnot, but I don't think you have a lot of LeVar balls. And uh, I kind of, uh, that's one thing about the sport that I like. Uh, basketball and football, not so much. It's kind of gotten out of control. I know it's only, it's high school versus professional, so there is a difference, and we all know that, but um, that's why we love the, the amateur game, because they don't, you know, all the BS kind of stays away from it. Is it still is it still about the love of the game? We're, we're at the pro level. It's about you know maybe it's still somewhat love of the game, but more of the uh, love of the money that's going to be paid to you. Well, I think you're still going to have um, parents and players that want to get to that that D1 scholarship any way they can. Um, and they do it any way they can. You see kids leaving early and going to play, you know, AAA or juniors or whatever, and I, I get that. It, it's got to be a, a parent's decision, but I think probably, what, 95% of the kids, more than that even, are never going to be D1 players, and I think these kids even if they can't make a D3 team or don't want to play beyond high school, I think the majority of them play it for the love of the game. Love of the game where they just have that competitive fire. That's who. 
Well, guys, anything else you want to chime in on? As we've run a little longer tonight, I see. Well, I'm still on. I'll, I'll, I'll make a quick step on uh, question four here. Um, Webb Jr. didn't have time to get this on the, the show notes, but Jeff Sauer, a, a Patreon sponsor, also asked about surprise teams, boys and girls, good and bad. All I have is the records. I don't really know much beyond that about the teams. Um, anybody can chime in if they want, or else we'll just – I'll just uh, – a little – Wrapping for these teams. Uh, I think we boys, did that a couple weeks ago. Did we? Do we yeah. want to do it again or not do it again? I'm not going to stop you. Okay. Okay, you can just uh, listen, kick back, listen, have a little sip of whatever you're drinking, and we'll go. Um, on the boys' side, Sauk Prairie, 8-1-1, one, one, having a nice season. Oregon, 9-2. and two. Uh, Marquette, 7-0-2, oh, kind of a little bit of a, a surprise in the top ten, um, but they have been good in the past. Rhinelander is seven and three. Um, these are I'm just going by game records here. Baldwin Woodville six two and one. West Bend is seven and two, and Tim Franzini's Aquinas Avalanche team is eight and one. On the downhill side here, um, Appleton United three seven and one, having kind of a frustrating season. I know they lost uh, one of their top players, Eric Bargholtz. Um, I believe is playing at Shattuck St. Mary's this year. He would be one of the, the top players in the state. Um, Bayport, who played in the sectional finals last year, is 2-7-1. and one. Antigo is down a little bit this year. They're 2-7, and seven. Mosin E, 1-7, Cedarburg, 1-7-1. And, one. and MJ Hammett's Janesville Bluebirds, 1-8. and eight. We can talk a little bit about that. Well... They uh, graduated a lot, and, uh, you know, it's a very, very young team this year. Uh, a lot of sophomores. And uh, when you got guys like that, you're going to, you know, going to need time to, you know, learn the game still. And, They're waiting uh, for number 27 to get up on that varsity well, roster. It'll be a while for number 27, but uh, they've also had goalie issues. Goalie got a concussion, second game of the year. Had to put a goalie in who was, uh, who's gonna be the varsity goalie probably next year, but, you know, this year he needed to cut his teeth a little bit at the JV level before getting thrown into the fire and they couldn't do that. So, uh, just kind of a little bit about how the season has started and, um, you know, you just see what the second half of the season holds. Yeah, I can't, I, I can't just sit here and, and let you count Rhinelander as a positive surprise team and Anago as a negative surprise team in the same breath. Um, you take a look at uh, Rhinelander's seven wins. You've got uh, Shiguamagan Phillips, Depeer, Wapaka, Mosinee, Green Bay United, Medford, and Tomahawk. And you take a look at Antigo's losses. You have Stevens Point, New Richmond, KMMO, Nina Hortonville, Menasha, Superior, Northland Pines, and they, they did lose to Appleton United, even though they outshot Appleton United, uh, I believe it was 60 to 23. Uh, they lost that one 3 to 2. But I was kind of hoping we would have our power rankings out here because I have to think that, um, Matt Bornem and the coach for Anigo has put together the strongest, uh, one of the strongest schedules uh, in the state thus far, um, you look at those teams that they have played. Unfortunately, they've not beaten any of them. Um, he puts this, he doesn't quite have the horsepower that he had, uh, uh, last year, but, uh, yeah, I, I can't, I can't sit here and let you, you know. Well, you know, you bring that up and the, the top four teams in the Great Northern Conference in no particular order are typically Northland Pines, Opaca, Anago, and Mosini. Um, typically. Now there's variability year to year. You know, but you know those are usually the top four teams, and right now Anago and Mosini are sitting at a combined three and fourteen. That's rough. Now you will remember that I had a disclaimer before I started. I was just going by the records. I, I realize there's not a lot of in-depth analysis here, but I'm just going by the numbers. And I mean, it could easily change. A team that's seven and three now could be seven and seven in two weeks. So um, basically, that's what I was just going by. I was going by numbers. Um, on the girls' side, I got 
Lakeland is five and one, and again, we're just going by records here. I'm not counting strength of schedule or anything. Um, Wisconsin Valley Union six zero and one, not really a surprise per se, unless, um, well, I mean, they had previously been Point Rapids or Point Rapids Marshfield Red Panthers. Um, they hooked up with Wapaka this year and got a boost with some very quality players and have started out very well this year. On the on the other side, Metrolinx three and seven, Central Wisconsin Storm four and five, a little bit of a surprise. Um, and Superior one and seven, they have some nice players. They've just run into some really good teams in the early going. And uh, I mean, Bill, you can you can agree with what I'm going to say here, though. It really doesn't matter what your record is; it matters how you're playing at the end of the year. We've seen superior go down a state tournament with just a little bit above 500 record and end up winning the whole thing so not necessarily what you're doing in december it's what you're doing in february well that's if all you count is if 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 you're only you're counting for the whole purpose of the high school hockey season is the state tournament i mean a lot of these teams play in conferences and you know many of them have a goal of winning their conference and actually during the regular season um, you know, they kind of put that ahead of, yeah, you, you do your non-conference games and you look at sectional stuff, but uh, winning your conference, I still think, uh, counts as something in Wisconsin high school hockey. I agree with you. Um, when Emily was a freshman, the Red Panthers ended up winning the Great Northern Conference. I believe they tied, actually, but that's considered a win. Each team will get a banner. And um, that was the who, only who, time. Who did they tie? Uh, <laughs> Marshfield, I think. Oh, okay. Oh. Maybe, it was, maybe it was Pines. I'm not sure. I honestly don't remember. Burglar, I see where you were going with that. <laughs> but, yeah, thank you. But to your point, you're right. That was very important. These kids knew they weren't going to go much beyond that. You know, they might win a game in playoffs and then they'd be done. To win that conference was a huge thing. That's something that they'll always have. So you're exactly right. Conference title is huge. And that is one of the reasons that we are going to postpone any talk of, you know, who's our favorite for what sectionals. We're in the middle of conference season right now. I don't really care about sectionals. We're not, e- we're not even at the beginning of the year yet. So Superior is know. currently undefeated in the Lake Superior Conference. And that means something to them. Uh, they have wins over Denfield, Proctor, North Shore, and uh, Cloquet, Esco, Carlton. Um, one of those Denfield. Two, yeah. One of those do they play? North Shore they play is not actually a conference opponent, but the other three are. Um, so they're 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 three and zero in the Lake Superior Conference right now. They haven't played Marshall or Hermantown yet. Do they play uh, Duluth East? Uh, Duluth East is not in that conference. Duluth East. As an elite team um, doesn't want to waste their schedule playing all of those teams that that conference schedule, but I believe Superior generally plays them uh, at the end of the season, either their last or the second last game. Yeah, of they the play year. them February first. But they were in that conference at one point, weren't they? Not that long ago, like maybe no, it, ten, it, ten years it, ago. Well, it, it was that long ago. Um, it was shortly after they moved to the the two-tier uh, system over in Minnesota, which was longer ago than 10 years, they they dropped out of that conference. You probably still think they're because Superior plays them every year that we've been doing this. But it was it's always been a non-conference game. Okay, thank you. All right. Got questions? We got answers, I guess. All right, boys. Uh, anything else we want to touch on tonight? Well, um, we're not having an upcoming game of the week, per se, because of all the ho- holiday tournaments. So uh, you got a whole bunch of them going on around the state. If you're over in the Green Bay area, you got the title town or the showdown in Titletown, Madison area, you have the Culver's Tournament. Over in the Milwaukee section, you got the Joe Raymond. Um, if you're over in the western part of the state, you could buzz on over to the uh, 
Schwan Cup and watch some hockey, there's uh, a lot of things to watch. Um, we're not going to pin down any one particular game. We're just going to see what happens, and uh, we'll try to get to whatever games we can and make sure we report on them. But uh should be a, a good time to watch some good games. Always is during the holiday season, those tournaments, and it will uh, turn into another calendar year and get started as we start going into towards the back half of the season uh, coming in the next week or so. be interesting to see how things shake down between some of these teams. Now, on that note, guys, is that about it? I think that's about it. Okay, so for Mr. Terzinski, the Berg Boys, Delmar, wherever you are, I'm Mike Hammett. Hope you enjoyed this week's version of This Week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey.